Job. It is good to be here this this afternoon and been here this morning. It is good to see that Brother Mel is off from under the weather. Missed him last month. And, uh, I miss Steve too. You weren't. You were a little under the weather too last month, weren't you? At faith. You are you gone? Ah, okay, okay, okay. Well, I just thought I missed you. I missed you. Uh, I don't know, Mark was what Mark was alluding to as far as me having a lot of time, but I do not intend to take a lot of time. I'd like if you would to open your Bible to the Book of Luke, twenty-third chapter. And as while you are turning there, I will say again, it's really good to be here. I do enjoy coming. Uh, I find it a bit of a assuring, comforting, and just plain enjoyable. I really do. I just enjoy it. And uh, I was going to Brother Mel. I wish we had a building we could have a third place to go. Then I could sit through two messages like they get to do <laughs> oh well that's another day another time I'd like for us to consider this afternoon a matter of the words of true comfort before we go to our reading let's go to the Lord to win a prayer our Father, for the proceeds and those things that have gone before us, we thank you. For the nice rest, the safe travel, and the fellowship of those that are here. It is good when your people can come together. That we don't allow petty human issues to come between us. We ought to know that in this body, in this life, there are going to be issues, controversies, problems. But if we cannot set them aside in the Lord's house, where can we? And Father, me personally, I want to say that I am thankful for all those that are here. And for you bringing us together. For Father, I do derive a great deal of comfort and assurance for these your people now this afternoon father may those things that are said be to their names on in glory for the comfort and for the encouragement of the hearers and the father there be one that has not truly made a connection with your son to the savior of their soul may this day be that day Father I have your way in all that is said and done be glorified be glorified and be praised among your people Amen Okay the book of Luke chapter 23 begin our reading at verse 39, and we'll read down to including verse 43. 
Now we have a, for give you some context, this is the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're going to be looking at things or using things that were said and done during this time to consider great words of comfort, true comfort. We'll begin at verse 39. And one of the male factors which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. But the other answering rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due rewards of our deeds. But this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. We have here a conversion and a confession at the last hour of this man's life. We won't turn them to the book of Romans, the 10th chapter, in verses 8 through 10. It speaks of with the heart man believes and of the mouth confession is made unto salvation. We need to confess Christ. I find it very hard to understand anybody that would say they were saved but never confess Christ, but never want to make it known, never want to declare it, to announce it. You know, we see people having these reveal parties. What the gender of the child that is yet to be born. They go through great work to make this thing special. There's a thousand babies born every day. It's nothing special. It's been going on ever since Adam and Eve had their first child. And I don't see it stopping until the Lord comes. And even then it's going to continue on at least a thousand years afterward. But when one comes to faith in Christ, that should be a moment that they want everyone to know. I have passed from death unto life. Now this individual didn't have that opportunity. But before he closed his eyes in death, he said, Lord, remember me. He declared that the Lord Jesus Christ had become the Lord in his life. Although it may have just been for a short period of time. But the Lord was his his Lord. At some point during the events of this crucifixion, this man came to faith in Christ hanging on a tree. 
He even verbally defended the Lord Jesus Christ against the other man that was there with him. Confessing, hey, you and I are guilty. Well, we're getting, we're getting because we really deserve it. This man has done nothing amiss. I like to know how, how much he understood how true that statement was. The Lord Jesus Christ was without sin. He was innocent through and through. And immediately after his defense of Christ, he asked the Lord, Remember me when thou comest in to thy kingdom. Now the true words of comfort are going to be found in verse 43. But let us for a few moments consider verse 42. And the request that this man made of the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember me. Remember me. You know, human beings can be very forgetful. There are often so many things going on in our lives that we just kind of get overloaded with things to remember. I was teasing Brother Steve when we came in and sat down. He went to Lisa and said, I don't know if I met you before. He said, yes, you have, Steve. Just don't remember. She's been here before. And I say that truly in jest. But we do get forgetful. We have so many things going on. In fact, yesterday evening, Lisa came home from work and she told me her turn signal was blinking real fast which told me a bulb was out and I said well I'll go to no this was Thursday evening so I said well I'll go to, I'll go to work tomorrow Saturday well, it was Friday it was Friday evening see I forgot what day it was <laughs> I said I'll go to work Saturday morning, I work at Napa Auto Parts Store. That place truly has about every auto part you can want. If they can't, if they don't have it, they can get it. But you know what? I put away light, uh, light bulbs, I put away tools, I put away supplies all day long. I forgot the light bulb that she didn't have. So she mentioned to me this morning, the light bulb, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Our memories are not the best in the world. We forget. And I don't want to be too dogmatic about the statement I'm getting ready to make. But we tend to remember the things that are the most important to us. Of all the folks that are married here, what day do you get married on? You know, don't you? You men, you know your wife's birthday, don't you? 
You remember Christmas? You remember those important times? But here we have an incident that occurred. Or we have an incident in the life of Joseph, the son of Jacob. That would give us a little look at a person's forgetfulness. You know, why they're forgetful. Is it because they don't care? Because they have so many things going on? Or I believe in this particular case. In the book of Genesis, chapter 40, I'd like for us to look at a few things about a man that became forgetful. He was specifically asked by Joseph to remember him with a certain situation that was important to Joseph. Let's read verses 1 through 8 first. Now Joseph has been sold by his brothers into slavery. He finds himself in a dungeon in Egypt. And he's given some trust and some authority and some power over other people in the, the prison. But Joseph is nonetheless still a prisoner. And it came to pass after these things that the butler of the king of Egypt and his baker had offended their lord, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was wroth against two of the officers, against the, against the chief of the butlers and against the chief of the bakers. And he put them inward, put them inward in the house of the captain of the guard into the prison the place where Joseph was was bound. And the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them. And he served them. And they continued a season inward. And they dreamed a dream, both of them. Each man his dream in one night. Each man according to the interpretation of the dream. The butler and the baker of the king of Egypt. Which were bound in the prison. Joseph came in unto them in the morning and looked upon them and beheld they were sad. And he asked Pharaoh's officers that were with him in the ward of his Lord's house, saying, Wherefore look ye so sadly today? And they said to him, We have had, we have dreamed a dream. And there is no interpretation of it. And Joseph said unto them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me them, I pray you. Now we're not going to go through all of it, but in the passing of this time, these two men tell Joseph what their dreams are. Joseph, in his interpretation of those dreams, he tells the butler, in three days, you're going to be raised up. You're going to be restored back to Pharaoh's service. The baker, Joseph tells him, in three days, you're going to die. You're going to be hanged. It's not going to be so well for you. Now look at verse 15. 
14 and 15. Now, the events have taken place, and the individuals have been released, or have been have got their dreams interpreted. But verse 14 says, Joseph is talking to the butler. But think on me when it shall be well with thee, and show kindness, I pray thee, unto me, and make mention of me unto Pharaoh, and bring me out of this house. For indeed I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews. And here also have I done nothing that they should put me in to the dungeon. Joseph has asked the individual that he knew was going to be released, restored his position with Pharaoh. You can have the ear of Pharaoh. You know, while you're there, why don't you mention to Pharaoh about me? Let him know that I'm here for no wrong of my own. My brother sold me. I basically was kidnapped by my brothers and I've wound up in this place. Remember me. Tell Pharaoh about me. Well, it happened that the baker was hanged the butler was released and the butler did not remember Jacob did not remember Joseph let's look at verse 20 through 23 and it came to pass the third day which was Pharaoh's birthday that he made a feast unto all his servants and he lifted up the head of the chief butler and the chief baker among his servants he restored the chief butler unto the butlership again, and he gave him the cup unto Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker, as Joseph had interpreted it to him. Yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forgot him. And this went on for a period of two years. Two years, Joseph is left to languish in prison. I can just about imagine that Joseph was not a very happy camp for that two years. I'm here for no reason. I've done nothing. My brother was jealous of me, but not, not because of me. But he's forgotten me. Two whole years of here in this prison. And I cannot move. But in two years' time, 
the butler did. Remember Joseph. We can make excuses for the butler. Maybe he just got busy being the butler. Maybe he gave a lot of extra attention to the affairs of Pharaoh. Of any number of things. But the butler forgot. But if we fast forward from Genesis chapter 40 and 41 to Genesis chapter 50, we find that our God and Savior does not forget. He knew exactly where Joseph was. And he knew exactly why Joseph was there. Now the case of Joseph should be something to give us a little bit of encouragement. That it seems dark and bleak and we don't understand why but we serve a God that always knows what's going on. Perplexed? Yeah, we get perplexed a lot. We don't understand. But you know, none of those things, because God is with us, are we defeated. There's no reason for us to walk around, woe is me. I don't understand it. But my God does. It doesn't make sense to me. But it makes perfect sense to God. Two years, Joseph is in prison yet. But if we look at Genesis chapter 50, verses 19 and 20, we're given, I think, is the reason why Joseph has gone through what he's gone through. And Joseph said unto them, talk to his brothers, Joseph has now been risen up the second man in, in, in Egypt, second unto Pharaoh. Pharaoh had two dreams that Joseph said, there's really just one. And in that dream, there's going to be seven years of great prosperity and food. There's going to be seven years, very lean years. And Joseph lays out a plan for Pharaoh to harvest and to store the bounty from the first seven. So that the second seven would have a little relief. So now, Joseph's brothers have come to Egypt because of the famine. They need food. So they go to Egypt looking for food. And they encounter their brother, who they told their father Jacob was dead. Then we find in verse 19, And Joseph said unto them, Fear not. For I am in the place of God. 
or for am I in the place of God? No, I'm not. But I am where God would have me to be. But as for you, you thought evil against me. But God meant it, meant it unto good. To bring to pass as it is this day. To save much people. Now therefore fear ye not. I will nourish you. And your little ones. And he comforted them. And spake kindly unto them. Joseph was given the interpretation. Of three dreams. At least they were concerned with this afternoon. The butler, the baker, and Pharaoh. And because of these things, he's elevated to a very lofty position. But he's right where God meant him to be. His brothers want to get rid of him. We're sick of him. He's kind of special to our father. He got this multicolored coat. It's amazing how jealous brothers and sisters can be of one another. It happens. This this depraved vessel that we live in. This broken, marred wicked vessel that God has placed so many wonderful things in great and wonderful knowledge great and wonderful promises but in this in this body dwelleth no good thing but Joseph says you meant it for evil but God meant it for you know something? If you all had not done what you did, humanly speaking, there wouldn't be this food here in Egypt for you to come to. And I guess part of what I'm saying is we need to be very careful about becoming despondent and depressed and weary because things don't seem to be going the way that we want them to go. Nor should we be too terribly condemning of individuals that we expected certain things out of and they just didn't quite meet our expectations. How many people have you disappointed? I won't ask anybody to raise their hand if they do. But I tell you for a fact, this guy is disappointing a lot of people. But you know, I think I disappoint myself probably more than anybody else. Because I, I was thinking about what Mark was saying this morning and what Brother Mel said afterward. I have so many things going for me in Christ. that I should never be bothered only with things that are going on. 
But I also should never think more of myself than I ought to. Because I'm just like the butcher, the, the, the butler. I'm just like anybody else. I'm forgetful. I don't always come through. I can be lazy at times. Or, I know none of you have this problem. I can procrastinate with the best of them. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. I'll do that. I'll do that. Oh, and I'll say something else real quick. Brother Mel texted me the other day. Was I looking to come for the end of the month in last Sunday church service and I texted back as this day most definitely but you know something I wasn't thinking about this Sunday I thought there's another one I thought a week from the day was the last Sunday I forgot what day it was. How many days were in the month? But God has a plan and a purpose when it just does not seem like life is making any sense. It didn't make sense to Joseph. Two years, Joseph was left in prison may have very well have become despondent and even from time to time miserable and probably a bit depressed. I know I would. You know, Joseph learned something though about the faithfulness of his God. The butler forgot. God did not. And God knew where Joseph was and why Joseph was there and what he was going to do for Joseph or with Joseph when the time came. You know, it kind of gives new meaning to be ready in season, out of season. Joseph didn't know what was going on. That two years he didn't know. But Pharaoh had his dream. The butler remembered Joseph after two years. He said, Pharaoh, there's a Jew. There's a Hebrew here that interpreted my dream and the baker's dream. Call him, maybe he can interpret yours. All of this was done according to God's divine plan and on God's timetable. God is faithful. Men are not. We can depend on each other only so far. And we're going to fall flat on our face. Now let's go back and consider Luke 23. And now, verse 43. The butler forgot. 
I've always found it interesting that when Joseph was called to Pharaoh to interpret his dream. There's things here that's kind of happen real quick all at one time. And Joseph now number two in the nation of Egypt. This man is being crucified with Christ. Has a very simple question or very simple request. Like Joseph, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus immediately replied, Verily, I say unto you, today, this day, shalt thou be with me in paradise. Not after an extended period of purgatory or an extended period of waiting. Today, this day, you are going to be with me in paradise. I don't fully understand all of that statement that that day he's with Christ in paradise. There's a lot there, I'm sure, but I'm not wise enough at this point. Maybe the other two brothers can explain to me what happened that day and what happened between that day and 40 days later when Christ returned. I don't know. But I do know that Christ told this man today, you care nothing about me all of your life. You conduct yourself in such a way that you wound up on this tree being crucified rightfully. You said it yourself. You are here because you deserve it. No, Christ didn't say any of that. He said this day. Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Christ came to this place. He came for this man and each and every one of us. So that day when it came that we had our eyes open our eyes had been enlightened our ears had been open we see and we hear what we need in the person you know, I don't know what that man heard in prison or if he heard the what was going on during the mock trial of Christ. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was the inscription over the cross that Christ was on. 
king of the Jews? Did the man hear about Christ over time? His fame had gone out among the people. But when the time came, he fled to Christ for deliverance. John chapter 12, if you would, verse 27. John 12, just read verse 27. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. Before this cause came I unto this hour. Christ has gone away three times to pray. Take this cup from me. If there's some other way that man can be redeemed, if there's some other way that man can be reconciled to you, let's do it that way. The humanity, Jesus, did not want this. He recoiled at the idea of what he was going to be going through on that cross. That doesn't make him any less God. That really solidifies the fact that he can be our substitute. Because he was affected like we were. He got hungry. He got tired. He got angry. And he anguished over what he had to deal with. What he was about to endure for that man next to him. And for every single one of us in this room that know the Lord Jesus Christ as a savior of their soul. He must drink of the cup that was given him so that it might be recorded what is written in the book of John the 19th chapter the 30th verse and in part it reads it is finished. He had to drink that cup so they could be finished. It could have been said, it is accomplished. Everything that needed to be done, that man could be saved, has been accomplished. It could have been said, it has all been done. There's nothing left. And if you look there, you'll find that after he said that, he gave up the ghost. It's over. Everything that was needed to be done was done. And he gave up the ghost. Our Lord's not going to forget. He told that man, Hey, don't worry about it. You're not going to be like Joseph. I had to wait two years. Then you're going to heaven with me. You're going to be in paradise with me. We have a case of a woman of Samaria at the well. 
in John chapter 4. Let's look at John chapter 4, the first 15 verses. But we're not going to read all those verses. I'll read a couple of them. In fact, actually just one. Christ says in John chapter 4, in verse 4, and he must needs go through Samaria. Those are the way for Jesus to get where he was going. He had to go through Samaria. He had to go to this well. And there was nobody there but him. His disciples were in town getting food. This one woman came up to get water. And in the process of time while they have their conversation, an appointment was met. An appointed time, an appointed place, that this woman was going to meet the Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior of her soul. And she was going to take what she learned from him and go into town and tell a whole lot of people what happened to her. And they're going to come. And they're going to talk to him. And they're going to say, you know, we believe what you said. But now we've heard him ourselves. We believe ourselves. A happy chance meeting? I don't think so. The nations around Egypt in the days of Joseph had food to eat? A happy chance situation? I don't think so. Christ and that woman had a meeting that day. You notice something? Individuality. This man on the cross, one man, that Christ addressed him. He didn't say anything to the other fellow. He didn't say a word. He told the other man, You'll be with me this day in paradise. The Father and the Son know us by name. Our names were written down. The Lamb of God has a book of life. And all of our names are written in that book book every single one of us you can look at Luke 10 17-20 Philippians 4 1-5 Revelation 13 3-8 and you're going to find a reference to the Lamb's book of life and that there's people's names written in it Our Lord is not going to forget. He didn't forget that man. He's not going to forget us. We were chosen. And we were chosen individually. I firmly believe that every single name that was written in that book was written one name at a time. And God knows every single one of them, where they are, 
when they're going to be born, when they're going to die, what they're going to do. Everything about us, God knows. He doesn't sleep. He doesn't get weary. He's too large for anything to distract him or to occupy as much of his attention that he can't be in charge of everything going on at all times. I firmly believe that the Lord Jesus Christ or the Father ever closed his eyes and blinked. We'd all drop dead. We'd no longer breathe. We'd leave this earth. The earth as we know it, gravity be gone, we'd be off of it. We live on a planet with a perfect environment for us. By accident? I don't think so. God doesn't forget. We were chosen before the foundation of the world in the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at Ephesians chapter 1 in the first four verses. Paul and the apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God the saints which were at Ephesus and of the faithful in Christ Jesus grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us under the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. May it be known to you this morning, this afternoon is of, the, of God's good pleasure that you know his son it's of God's good pleasure that you're here today and I'm not going to say to hear me I'm going to say to hear from God's word that we have a God that does not sleep that is never unaware of what's going on we may not know where we are. We may not know where we're going. But the Lord Jesus Christ and his Father know every minute of every day exactly where we are. Second, Thess Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13 and 14. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, Beloved of the Lord, because God has from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth, whereunto he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. God was very well familiar with every single one of us.
before we ever existed. Before the oceans were separated. Before ever man walked this earth. Our names were written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. And the Lord Jesus Christ had purposed to come to fulfill all that is needful for our salvation. We have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. He told that man, Thou shalt be with me. John was down there at the base of the cross. Mary, his mother, was there. Christ didn't talk to anybody but this one man. You, you this day are going to be with me in paradise. You ever feel just a face in a crowd? We're not just a face in the crowd. We are Christ's purchased possession. We belong to him. He came here with a list of every single person that the Father has given him. In John chapter 6 and verse 37, we're told, all that the Father giveth me shall come. And as many as come unto me, I will cast not one single one of them out. That man hanging on that cross that evening with Christ, again, cared nothing about him. Christ knew him. Christ well aware of him. And when that man cried out, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom, Christ said, hey, I got you covered. I got you covered. Today you're going to be with me in heaven. You'll be with me in paradise today. Does Christ remember? Do you remember that man on the cross? Sure he did. Because that day they were together in paradise. But I want to say something in conclusion. Do not be so presumptuous as to think that you will, have, you will be able to have a last hour confession. A deathbed confession. A confession before you close your eyes in death. We know what happened. What happened to this man. But don't think for one minute that you're guaranteed That man, when he woke up that morning, before he was affixed to that tree, he's going to be crucified on. I don't have any reason to think that he figured, I'm going to be in paradise. No, he's thinking more likely, I'm going to hang on that tree. I'm going to suffocate. I'm going to suffer an anguishing death of suffocation. 
never crossed his mind he was going to wake up and have Christ. So he did. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. See, Mark, I almost let you get to. I almost got you. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, there verse 2. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and the day of salvation, and in the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Instead of us worrying about, is Christ going to forget? worry about when I close my eyes in death or when I die what's going to happen to me when am I going to wake up today now is the day of salvation don't wait till this evening don't wait till tomorrow don't wait till you have a better time I believe that was Felix that told Paul uh, we'll hear you about this again at another time folks there's not always another time not a one of us may make it home this afternoon there may be some empty beds tonight we don't know and I mean this in all seriousness Do not count on another opportunity to come to Christ. This man called on Christ before he died. Christ heard him. And Christ remembers. He knows everything. But I want you to remember today is the day of salvation. Amen.